Welcome to another episode of Subbo Tours, the podcast where we watch our favorite movies, the ones we don't like, and everything in between. I'm Misha. I'm MJ. And I'm Andrew. Today we'll be talking about a recent release on Disney Plus. <laughs> the hell is that? <laughs> Oh my god, are you doing MCU intro? Yes. <laughs> do you want it, do you want me to do the page flip na lang? Can you do the page flip? Oh my he did it before, remember? <laughs> I just did it. I just did it again. <laughs> Oops, you did it again. For your Britney, but anyway, yeah, let's go. <laughs> This week, we'll be taking a look at the latest film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Black Widow, starring Scarlett Johansson. Yay! <laughs> I don't know what to do I next. I can't get enough of Florence Pugh. Sorry, I just had to say, and Florence Pugh, because I couldn't get enough of her in this movie. Can you guys believe it has been over a year since the last MCU movie? What? <sighs> <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this just gets me all depressed. Like, it's what like, the we're still here. hell? We're still Where, wasn't here? This, wasn't this movie supposed to be released April of last year? It absolutely Jeez, was. It absolutely was. April, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, so, and it took them this long. Can you imagine? I, I said it then. I'll say it again. COVID sucks, man. <laughs> This is the 24th movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that started with Iron Man. I know. They used to come out with like, what, two or three of these a year. So having not seen one of these in so long, I was kind of worried that would, would I still be into this going in? Would I still want to watch another Marvel movie? Because, you know, we've had TV shows in the meantime and all that stuff. And Endgame ended things on a pretty big note. May, may, may I just say something? It's you. You're a dork. You would love it. Of course, you'd be into this movie. <laughs> well, I know that. But I mean, but it's, it's different. <laughs> no, it's kind of different. You know, because you're used to seeing these things on the big screen and Far From Home. Yeah. That Spider-Man movie already did kind of an epilogue to Endgame. So like, so the TV shows are doing all their little stories. So you have to ask, was there still space for another big screen outing? And um, I, 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 what do you guys think? I would say I really, really, really wish I saw this in the big screen. I know it was out on in theaters in the US because uh, they have a good supply of vaccines. But mm, I'm so jealous of everybody who gets to see it in the cinema with a great sound and a great big screen. Because it, it still holds its magic. I swear. It's, it's yeah. still that big Mar- Marvel Cinematic Universe feel to it. Only... On your phone or on your laptop, but still, everything else is very quintessentially Marvel. Still, same same thought. I mean, it's one thing to have to be watching the the, the TV shows, uh, the TV shows like uh, WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier, currently Loki. Right, they're all great, but then it's just different when you watch a full length feature film. You know, that's also connected to the big Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because uh, MJ's right, there's just so much. You know, there's just so much lore. There's just so much history that's connected to, to this movie already, and that it just takes away so, part of the experience of watching it. Just, you know, the, the the experience of probably watching it with fellow fans. You know, people you probably barely know, but then the, you, them reacting with the same reactions that you would be doing, having inside the cinema, just would 
would be something more enjoyable. My goodness. Do you remember? Do you remember the feeling in the cinema when all those portals started opening up around Captain America? Oh my God. Oh my God. You were already on a high because he picked up the hammer, right? And he kicked, you know, tried to kick Thanos' ass. But then he was looked like he was going to die. And then these portals start opening. So I I was funny, funny, funny thing about watching Endgame was when I saw this movie, I was in recliner seats in, uh, in, in, in the theater with recliner seats. So I was fully reclined, like I was. My body was so, so relaxed, but when that scene happened, I just sat up like the Undertaker. Like, <laughs> 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 oh my god! And Were your eyes all the, white and on stuff? Your left. <laughs> well, one eye was. <laughs> <laughs> almost there. That does almost. not make sense. Not that at does all. Not, sense. not at all. <laughs> but it's a completely different journey in a film because. As great as the TV shows are, they always leave you hanging at some point and waiting an entire week before you get to what happens next. So it's like you get little tastes, little snippets of it, but it's really so different when it's one big journey and you go through all the motions, all the roller coasters of emotions, and it just like starts, you're into it, and it ends. Yes, <laughs> I ugly I, cried. Tbh, I really <laughs> ugly cried. Same ugly that, cry is, I did when uh, um, Wonder Woman was at No Man's Land for the first movie. Same kind of ugly cry. But yeah, and that's no, and, and, and that's and that's you watching it from 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 the home from your home. So. Yeah. Imagine if that <laughs> were in the imagine cinema. Imagine if you saw that. Yeah, ex- exactly. God. Imagine if you saw that on the silver screen when it's like feet like, when when it's really big. And you have all these people reacting the same way that you are. <laughs> all the girls be crying, like yes. I swear, when we go, we start watching movies and cinemas again. I'm taking tourist pictures, me buying tickets. You know, like this is me inside a movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Black Widow um, is basically something that I would say is a bit overdue as far as this character is concerned. A bit I mean, is an understatement. <laughs> no, like, okay, fine, fine, fine. COVID notwithstanding, you know, we met this character first in Iron Man 2. And in, that was, what, 2010, 2011? My and God. it's she's just been showing up as a side character. Despite being one of the founding members of the Avengers, she never really got her own time to shine. Because apparently, she'd never signed a contract for a solo movie. Her contract's always for guest starring roles. And by the time they finally settled the contract and terms for her solo film, her character had already died in in Infinity War. Really? Yes. It took them that long to get to terms. Oh, wow. That's horrible. So it took them that long to come to terms. And by the time they'd done it, you know, she'd already died in Endgame. That sucks. And after after that, the pain of that death. Oh, now you give her her solo movie after you've broken our hearts with how she died. Okay, fuck you guys, but okay. But I think something that's good about that was that renegotiating for the purpose of giving her a solo film put her in a better, stronger position than he would have. She would have been in ten years ago. So yes. she's actually an executive producer on this one. And I think mm-hmm. that a lot of the choices that we liked about this movie came from her. Yes. Yep. Get it, ScarJo. Get it. So okay. proud I like of you. the combat boots instead of the heels. Yeah. It's just right. you know, like, weird boots it's just with so wedges. so much more practical. You know, I, can't, yeah. I can't imagine running into battle in 
freaking wedges, you know, when you're jumping, you're, when you're an acrobat, you're trying to run away from gunfire and lasers and whatever, and, you know, flying hammers and stuff like that. And you're wearing heels. Like, what the hell? And her I can't hair. Imagine that. Her hair is so much more practical now. It's like in, in braids. Actually, the only mm-hmm. time I really ever liked Black Widow's hair because, like, um, it was one, practical. So, well, yeah. That's my number two. Number one is most of them were kind of ugly. They look like wigs. They literally <laughs> just look like they were like put on her head. And they are so impractical. They, you know, it's all down. It's all over your face. Andrew, mm-hmm. you would know with your long hair if you do jujitsu uh, with I, your. I, I would. I would. It's just <laughs> right. you know, it's it's, it's a hassle. You know, I, you know that at one point in time when when we were I was grappling with somebody, he knelt on my hair and. It, you know, he a clump of hair just was left on his knees. Oh, gross! Like, yeah, and that—that's the reason why you know MMA fighters, women and men who have long hair, put them you know wear cornrows. It's just more yeah, practical exactly. that way. Yeah, you so know, at least she had braids for this one, you know. <laughs> exactly. They have cornrows. Braids are so practical; they don't freaking budge. I mean, she had a lot of time in her hands to actually make braids, but it's okay. <laughs> Florence Pugh was driving probably when she was doing her braids, but. I, I guess, but they're just not, they're not just pretty. They serve a purpose. They don't budge at all. So, yes, finally, I like finally, some functional good hair the decisions. choices were. Mm-hmm. I like how functional all those creative choices were. Like, oh, they have to look good, but they have to work well. It kind of, they kind of like, um, you know, how Bat- in Batman in the Dark Knight made his suit more practical from, coming from Batman Begins, where he could turn his head because he was going to be in fights. It's kind of like the same thing. Right? You know, I need to move better. I don't need any distraction. Like her hair in Civil War, it looked too styled. And you're fighting superheroes. Like what the yeah. hell is happening? Like, like how do you keep that one. 70s flip? Right. It's too styled. Yeah. And the suits aren't too tight. Like we are all familiar with the very, very, very tight suits of Black Widow. But here, at least for the most part, they weren't like impractically obscenely tight at the very least. One of the decisions that they had to make um, from a creative standpoint, of course, with the character already being dead in the main chronolo- chronology was <laughs> that... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry, but I'm she's sorry. dead. I know, and it still hurts. <laughs> yeah. So they had to figure out where they would set this movie. Now, the trailers have shown a lot of it being somewhat of a prequel, but the main bulk of the narrative takes place a little bit after Civil War. Mm -hmm. And that puts us in an interesting place for the character because by that point, you know, the Avengers had been disbanded. Captain America was on the run. Half their friends were in prison. And Tony Stark was hitching up with the government because he was pro-Sokovia Accords. The movie actually brings us right into the beginning of that somewhat where Natasha is running away from the U.S. Army and how she's trying to figure out her place in this new world. But even Uh before that, we are shown glimpses of her childhood. Yes, as Billie Eilish. (laughs) (laughs) Because Billie Eilish was living in Ohio in 1995. (laughs) It's it's, it's the blue hair. I'm sorry. Sorry, uh, I credit Jason for that joke, but it, it really made sense. My oh goodness. My I wish I thought of that joke. It, so, <laughs> so basically, funny. you know, we start, she's living with her family in Ohio in 1995, and we learn that they're actually a family of Russian spies who are just pretending to be American. They're stealing state secrets, and they're all in on it. All of them, father, mother, Natasha, 
Everybody's in on it except the youngest daughter. Yelena. Oh, Yelena. She didn't get the memo. She didn't. And get this will memo. unfold in an interesting way later on. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So the story takes a lot of looks at the things that we do, the things that shape us, uh, the decisions that make us who we are, and also reconciling, I guess, aspects of our past that we're not necessarily proud of. What mm-hmm. do you guys think? Black Widow's character in general has always had a dark past. So it's something that she's always been working to make up for. And it's been one of her strongest motivations. And it's nice to see that glimpse of how it all unfolded and something about her past that makes her her. And it's great that they focused on the family aspect of things because for so many years, over the decades, Black Widow would say, oh, I don't have anyone in my life besides maybe Barton or the Avengers at some point who she accepts as her family eventually but for a lot of her life she felt alone because of this whole family situation like after they've been caught and discovered in Ohio they had to make this great plane escape <laughs> with David Harbour my goodness <laughs> on, the, on the wing oh. of a freaking plane and Rachel Weiss flying Captain said America. plane no it was actually Billy Eilish flying that said plane oh that's <laughs> true <laughs> that's true oh, to get away the from the bad guys ah! yeah. <laughs> Uh, I did not bring this but, into the conversation. That was on you. Well, this you is know, this is a lost cause. <laughs> yes, it is. Anyway, yeah. So you see the family set up. They return to Russia, and um, they're all separated. Even though they've only spent like a few years together as this fake family, they've obviously formed a bond, especially Natasha and Yelena. But they're all taken apart somehow. Mm-hmm. Parents go back with the Russians and the two little girls separated. And I guess you see Natasha being trained as the cold-blooded killer that she became and, room. you know, eventually left. Yeah, the Red Room and everything. <clears throat> so it's it's a nice look at it, like why she's so broody sometimes about the whole family thing. Uh, well, on my end, I kind of like the fact that, you know, as MJ put it, uh, I, I like the fact that the movie focused on the concept of what a family is. Family. Um, because <laughs> family. Yeah, I was kind Dominic of, I was kind of was expecting right. Vin Diesel to come out <laughs> at some point in this movie. He is part of the MCU. Only he says, I am good. Oh, that's true. Fair enough. Oh, anyway, yeah. I, I like, I like the you fact t- that sorry, you know, it sorry, around Sorry, it's like in Groot language is all just family. <laughs> I am Groot means family. <laughs> that's it. That's all he's been saying over and over again. <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Makes sense. Well, uh, but you know, uh, I, I like the fact that it's always centered around family. The movie is centered around family because, as mentioned, MJ mentioned it earlier. He, she would always not be able to associate herself belonging to a family. Like to me, what Black Widow was the minute we got to know her a little bit better in the succeeding movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that she was always trying to struggle. You know, she was always struggling trying to find a place where she belonged, like not yeah. really knowing where. Right. Uh, where she would belong because she didn't have you know that that sense of family to to look back towards or to fall back into not like what Clint Barton had you know like maybe that was you know a pleasant escape why she held 
Clint Barton so dear to her is because it, he was the closest thing to a family because the way of the way his wife and his kids treated her like their aunt Natasha. So that was a good, that was so weird. Auntie Nat, right? So that was a that was one of the good things that I really enjoyed about this is the concept of family and how she was able to uh, you know identify that you know that she actually had a family to go back to now, not just the Avengers, because you know in time she grew. She, you know, Avengers grew to be her family. Like she identified with them as her family, but you know, without really having her own background. Because you knew Tony, Tony Stark had Pepper Potts. You knew that Captain America had his 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 boys, it's like Sam, uh, his boys, the boys, his boys, the boys. Yeah, his boys. You know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, you know, she has Yelena, uh, Melina, and Red Alexi. Guardian. Alexi. Alexi. I like using yeah. Red Guardian. Uh, or, I'm surprised we haven't so, used Russian accents at this point yet. That would be... I, I yeah, okay, why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the, the accents or were kind of spotty Russia. for some people. <laughs> some people nailed it. Some people were like, eh, where'd it go? Oh, there it is. Oh, it's gone again. <laughs> you mean like Red Guardian, the most Russian of them all? Supposed to be? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the worst. Hey, at least this Russian accent was better than Forrest Whitaker's African accent, you know? Okay, so like David Harbour <laughs> plays the fake father of their family of spies, and it turns out that he is a Russian super soldier that we've never seen before, and he's called the Red Guardian, who is apparently comprised of every Russian stereotype known to man. <laughs> like. Drinks vodka twenty four seven, real mm-hmm. macho and everything. Yeah, just wants to and throw love- down with Captain America. <laughs> yeah, and keeps asking like, what, "What does 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 he talk about me?" <laughs> 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 so egotistical, but I I love this little dysfunctional family. Mm-hmm. So we did talk about the past and everything, and I also love how things suddenly unfold to the present because. Um, you suddenly see the sister, Yelena, in action. And you see that, oh, cool, she's a widow too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see her mid-chase and everything in, in, in the middle of a mission. And, yeah, this is also where the plot opens that brings them together. And it just, like, makes it all so mm-hmm. cohesive. So, Natasha, on the run, gets a package of mysterious bright red vials from her <laughs> sister, Yelena. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And she definitely knows it's from Yelena because there's like a cute little family photo of a like sister photo of them in there somewhere. And uh, to figure out what the F those are, it turns out those were antidotes to the mind control that the current widow program implements. And Yelena herself is as a widow, but got exposed to the antidote and can therefore now think for herself. And so the sisters reunite and go on this big mission to finally take down the infamous Red Room. So it's basically a little side quest thing for Natasha in the whole MCU's timeline. But it reveals so much about her past and her character that we don't really mind because we understand her more. Can I just say I like that when she's hiding out in Norway or wherever the hell she was. Like I like Budapest. (laughs) No, before she goes to Budapest, right? She's just like sitting in her Budapest. She's sitting in her trailer and she's watching James Bond movies. And she's reciting them because she's seen them so many times. That that I like that because that it humanizes her. Also because I can recite those movies. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just cute, you know, because she's like a badass super spy, and you know she Mm -hmm. was shown to be literally watching the absolute silliest one of the world's most famous super spy. 
the absolute silliest entry, <laughs> Moonraker from 79. And in a lot of ways, this movie yeah, is It's funny you mentioned that. that. But yeah, because um, this movie parallels a lot of stuff from Moonraker, like um, the floating air base, right? Well, Moonraker had a space base, but this one had mm-hmm. a, a floating base or whatever. Mm-hmm. A floating headquarters. That uh, free fall, the whole free fall combat scene also kind of parallels the movie Moonraker where he gets begrudgingly put It was just cute for me. I mean, I liked it that it, it basically set the tone for the movie that we're watching that we shouldn't take it so seriously. We're just here to have a good time. And I think that's something that the MCU is has always been good at. Mm-hmm. What what did you think about Rachel Weisz as the mom? Hot! Sorry. <laughs> oh my god. Well, she's Rachel Weisz. Yeah, I mean like… I mean… Are you even surprised at my reaction? Not not, not, not at all. Priorities. But yes, yes. I'm sure you agree. agree at some point too. Like I'm not… Not at some what, point. I'm sure you some agree point, I think we agree. Agree. you agree. We've agreed since the mummy. We've agreed for like 20 years now. <laughs> no, but I, not true. Okay, here's the thing. Holy crap. The mummy what? is like 20 years Man. old shit when, how was it what was it what was it like 1999 I did not see the mummy in theaters you bite your tongue <laughs> anyway yeah uh, <laughs> Rachel Weisz okay Rachel Weisz and David Arbor I think were two of the actors who were really having fun like I, I felt like their performances showed that they had a lot of fun with their roles like they were trying out stuff like I don't know I think they were just experimenting and mm-hmm. having fun with their role trying to see how they could, you know, up, kind of elevate the other by, you know, I, I, I can't really articulate it right now, but then it's pretty interesting how to see, you just have to see them perform just to be able to get a feel of how they were on set. Because clearly, I don't think they were taking their roles too seriously. They were just clearly having fun compared to how Natasha and um, Elena were being portrayed by their actor, by, by, the, by the performers. That's just me. It's like they're goofball parents in a way. Because like, like, yeah, that. they're they're yeah. deadly Russian mobsters. Not not mobsters, mm. but like what's a good word for it? What's more agents? than mobsters? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're they're deadly Russian agents, but when you zoom into the family dynamic, they are both so flirty <laughs> with each other. It's adorable. And it's like they're the type to live for embarrassing their daughters. They're fake daughters. But yes, yeah, but even daughters. their fake daughters were having real reactions to their fake parents flirting. As you would. I was right there with Yelena. I would happily take shot after shot dealing with this nonsense. I know. It's so it's so dysfunctional but adorable in some way. And David Harbour, you know he was having so much fun with the role. From playing just the dad as the normal American dad to years, years, years after he's in jail and wrestling everybody for their lunch probably. <laughs> <laughs> in a Russian but, prison. Yeah, and he's just having so much fun with it. You know what's crazy though about David Harbour, you know, his character being in a Russian prison. He actually took photos on the set of Black Widow. Because like, if you've seen the ending of Stranger Things Season 3, you know that his character there, the sheriff, also ends up in a Russian prison. So he would take like pictures on his phone on the set of Black Widow to tell the guys on Stranger Things, don't do this. I don't want people confusing one for the other. And that's why <laughs> the sheriff's got a shaved head when you see him in the in the post-credits of Stranger Things 3. Because he wanted to look nothing like the Red Guardian in this other Russian prison that he also happens to be at. That's interesting. That's funny. <laughs> the Easter egg? No, not just kidding. Not really. <laughs> oh, well. Do you mean he's sent to the Russian hula? 
I probably, oh, I'm pretty sure he violated some of his NDA Ooh. by doing that. Yes. He, he probably <laughs> did, but he's David Harbour. You cannot do anything. He's the sheriff. What? Okay, what I love something. <laughs> I, wow, I don't. Vaguely Indian. I was going for Russian. Anyway, <laughs> we're trying. We are we're trying. trying. We're trying. That's true. That's true. We're trying. By far, my oh, favorite Russian. <laughs> my, my obviously, fav- people people in this movie did not nail it. Obviously, we will not. Yes, yes. we are cartoon <laughs> Russians. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe if I make my high voice higher, like Zoya, the destroyer. I don't know. <laughs> well, that, you, that that you nail. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, you do. I don't know you why. Anyway, okay, I love David Harbour. He's he's been everyone's favorite daddy and daddy recently oh, because God. of Stranger Things. It's true. It's true. And um for me honestly, he was kind of hyped for this movie early on because I mean, coming from the success of Stranger Things and people mm-hmm. were very happy for him that, "Ooh, look at him. He's in Marvel." But right. you don't see much of him taking the lead or kicking that much butt, but I loved him as <laughs> he was how he dork. was. I know he was comic relief. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had that alpha male, ex- you know, tough alpha male, ex- um, Red Guardian, and uh, you know, as a character. But I love that his biggest moment was actually not action packed. It was very emotional and tender, which is oh, not something you see from a guy like that in action movies. Were you were you referring to that scene she had with Yelena in the bedroom where they yes, were just talking? And Yelena, that was like Yelena was just telling him her frustrations about what it was like. For her mm-hmm. growing up without them, but what she believed to be her family. Oh, that was yeah. so painful. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about the family already, and they were they when they all meet somewhere in between in the middle of the movie. Best um, scene ever. <laughs> they have this the <laughs> awkwardest family. Was it even? What is it? Was it even dinner? I'm not like sure. But reunion. Kind of, it was like lunch or whatever. Marianne dinner. I don't know. The worst family reunion ever. With I vodka. know. <laughs> with a lot of vodka, a lot of flirting with the parents, a lot of Natasha being annoyed, mm-hmm. and Natasha being like, stop it, all of you. And Yelena's like, I didn't even say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdest dynamic ever, but it will unfold to something emotional to how Melina was actually responsible for the whole mind control thing that's been fucking up all the widows currently. Mm-hmm. And Yelena storms off because she's pissed, number one, because... Oh fuck! My mom's my mom's responsible for all of this, yes. which I was under control of. And two, she was the only one, like like mentioned earlier, that had no idea that their family at the start was actually fake, and that yeah. was heartbreaking. It that, really that was, was that was you know. probably one of the most painful lines when she was when she said, "I believe to me you were. It was yep. all real to me." That, oh, was, that was heavy. My God, that was I like, did not damn. expect that from a Marvel movie. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. like this is supposed to be like this big popcorn blockbuster explosions, pew pew thing, right? Flores, and, pew pew. Oh my God, no! <laughs> <laughs> pew but, pew pew. But you know, this thing doesn't go as hard into the espionage paranoia thriller thing that Winter Soldier did, but this one goes deeper into its characters and I appreciated it for that because yes. I didn't know what to expect. 
you know, when you saw the intro of this movie, it actually has an OBB. It's like one of the few Marvel movies with an OBB, and oh, it's set with to that the, Nirvana cover. the creepiest yes. goddamn Nirvana cover. Uh, I liked it though. I, think I, I liked it. it. That was amazing. Sitting. But it was just terrifying seeing these yeah. young girls being forced into essentially a life of servitude that they didn't ask for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then to know that the people that you trusted most in the world had something to do with that. Ooh-hoo. I could just, you know, you could hear it all in Yelena. Yep. And the tender moment comes when they do acknowledge what they had for those few years, those three years. Mm -hmm. And Alexi goes into the room, albeit trying to be a dad, terribly, terribly trying to comfort her. And it's absolutely not working. Like, yeah, let me tell you a story about my childhood to make you feel better. And like, like, Elena's like, oh, just stop. It's not working. Nope. And then he gets into that tender moment singing a song that was her favorite as a kid. And I was like, oh my god, I'm melting. Wasn't it American, uh, American Pie? American Pie, yeah. It was yeah. American yep. Pie. It was established uh, when they were a family back then. And he sings it and it just touched my heart. That was great. That was a good oh, thing. Yeah. Which is um, something that I had was like… David Harbour owned up to his part in all of this. And, you know, he was trying to make amends. I didn't get as much of that from Melina, from the mom, from Rachel Weiss. Because mm. yes, she acknowledge, we acknowledge that she's, she's behind the mind control program and all. But what is she really trying to do to fix that situation? You know, I mean, was she just going to stay on that pig farm until her adopted, her fake family showed up? Mm-hmm. I guess. I'm not sure. So. <laughs> um, well, she uh, she did end up blowing the whole thing up at the end. So Fair I'm enough. not sure if that's enough redemption for her. Or I don't know what happens to her after. Does she live a full life trying to make amends just like Natasha did? But she got great screen time and she helped them out in the end. And seeing that little photo book that Natasha as a kid was trying to save. But she ended up saving it for Natasha too. I mean, that, that of sentimental value will still... Make you think that, oh, it still does make sense for her to be helping them out. Let's talk about um, the direction of this one. Because yeah. much was made about how Scarlett Johansson, being in a producer role, was able to bring in a lot of considerations and things that a male producer might not necessarily have considered. The same could be <laughs> said for the direction. The director was Kate Shortland. Woohoo! And it was interesting, you know, because the only major female director that this franchise would have seen was Patty Jenkins on Thor 2. But, you know, she was replaced later on because they had creative differences. So this is like the real first um, solo female film in the MCU. And it's also the first to be directed by a woman in general. So what did you guys uh- think? Well, Captain Marvel, technically, but well, the the directing credits were shared, right? Not just like just yes. just to be clear, yeah, yes. they weren't. It wasn't solely a woman, so just to make that clear. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely yes. right, MJ. I appreciated it for a lot of the choices that were made here because it felt like for the first time in a long time, or maybe the first time ever. This franchise has generally been good about not objectifying for the most part, but you know, oh, it's also come Lord. it's also come very far from the origins when, you know, um, Natasha was basically a Victoria's Secret model that Tony was lusting over, you know. He was just yeah. stalking her online while she was ten feet away from him and checking out her underwear ads and you know, she was getting undressed in the back of a car that John Favreau was driving. I mean, you know. She was just eye candy. And she has come so very, very far from that. That's why I think I appreciate the director's choices in this one. Even something as simple as like, you know, 
Natasha losing the cat suit in the first few minutes when she's running away from the 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 army, right? She I trades thought it that in. was so symbolic. She trades it in for a goddamn hoodie, right? <laughs> because you want to be comfortable when you're on the run, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you, and you, you don't want to be noticed by people when you're on the run. So you, you dress up like the other people, like we did in um, Winter Soldier. That too. And that's actually a funny thing about like setting this movie in between movies that took place years ago. Because like Thunderbolt Ross, the general chasing her, looks hella old in this movie. They actually had to give her a line about how he had like stressing you out uh, heart surgery to justify why he looks so damn why he looks so damn old, even if civil war just happened a couple of days ago. Besides that, regardless, I like that going back to what was said earlier by Anjo, is that Everything's more functional now. You know, they're wearing these tactical outfits. In fact, I something I really, really loved was Yelena's first purchase when she had free will after breaking <laughs> out the, the red room. Uh, she bought a vest because it has pockets. That vest is that so That is sick. the most relatable thing ever. <laughs> you know how many years women have been deprived of pockets. It has so many dresses. pockets. You can put things in there. You'll never even know. Isn't that? Yeah. In <laughs> jeans. You know how tiny the, the pockets are in jeans, in women's jeans compared to men's jeans. It's insane. So I totally understand her for buying that freaking vest and putting everything she fucking can. And that's why women have so much grip strength holding so many things because we don't have fucking pockets. Dude, dude, you, you guys have bags that are just really heavy, surprisingly heavy. Like I am so amazed at how, how long you can hold on to your bags. Sometimes in heels too. <laughs> <laughs> bags. Imagine if we had pockets. <laughs> and that I did not expect that vest to have additional resonance which it no. did what the hell that is literally the vest that Natasha was wearing all throughout Infinity War yes it was <laughs> and I was like huh I did not see that coming it's adorable though I love that little detail right because considering that we pick up with Natasha in Infinity War where she's been on the run for how many years now after Civil War after this movie takes place after Black Widow and yeah she was still wearing that green vest with all the 8 million pockets so it was like you know she was bringing a little piece of her sister with her everywhere she's (laughs) going with bearded Chris Evans replace one Russian captain with you know (laughs) one American bearded captain too oh yeah he was bearded wasn't he Mm-hmm. He was definitely. At least Captain America's a bit more fit. He fit into a his bit? suit better. I think he was a lot, <laughs> lot, a lot more fit. A lot more fit. What a the bit? hell? Oh, I love how much how committed David Harbour was to this. I heard like in interviews, like he was not very happy with and him and his wife, Lily Allen, who happens mm-hmm. to be what? Lily, did you know? But yeah, they weren't I that thrilled. That. What the yeah. shit? Can we go back yeah. to that? What? Wait, what? Yes, they are married. No. Google it. No effing right, way! Google what the shit? I believe you though. I believe you. Whoa, mind blown. I also believe you. I'm sorry. I believe you. Okay, anyway. That's so cool. <laughs> now you doubting me has made me Google it to look Let me prove it. David Harbour wife. <laughs> no, I Lily believe Allen. you. There you go. Okay, anyway. Anyway, going back. <laughs> so you can cut that out if you need to. But yeah, um, they weren't very happy with the, you know, the whole weight transformation. But you know, he's committed. And mm-hmm. he's he still kind of looked like Hopper to me. <laughs> My goodness. My goodness. But you know, it was just funny when he was putting on his old super suit. He was yeah, like legit Mr. I love Incredible. That part. Like everything that happened in <laughs> that, everything that happened having in trouble that scene putting on, on reunited, just you know, just 
resonated so much with me because I enjoyed it the most. Like those were the scenes. It's funny how it, it were. It wasn't even the action scenes that got to me. It, it was. It were the scenes that you know that were like these. You know, it's just really funny. I think also something that I appreciated. I mean, especially being under a female director was that the story overall. I mean, it starts out as this superhero movie, then it transitions into a spy romp, and then in the third act, you realize that this entire thing was about helping women regain their agency from somebody who took it yes. away from them, and. I will not lead that discussion. I'm turning it over to MJ. <laughs> okay. Where do I even start? Besides the fact that it was, it was already led by a woman. Yeah, everything that goes on between the functionality, the, the small directorial choices or executive producer choices of ScarJo. I mean, given that, let's get, let's get the ScarJo even being given this big role of being executive producer. I mean, who else would know this character more but ScarJo. She's been playing the character for 10 years. And this gives her so much power to make these decisions. And I'm happy she made them. But okay. Can I, can I, can I also say that it might have been so cathartic for her. Like, that it was a send-off, kind of, like, send-off movie for her character. Where she got all the control about where the character would go. Or how the character would go. Would, wouldn't that be mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. as, as yeah. an actor that who has would, that... a lot of creative control in the, in the solo movie of your character. Wouldn't that be a, re- a cathartic thing to do? Yes, it would be so satisfying because you have control of you exactly. of your own ending. Not, not a lot of people got that. Which is why I feel like this was one of the. It was a perfect send off for the character, it's because you know, it was on the terms of the actor who. Mm-hmm. who who kind of like who grew the character into what the character that fans love more to the who what new fans mm-hmm. look up to now. I start with this character, you know, who was just treated like a I, I hate to use the word. Yeah, like yeah. Like a sex object. And really now you was. have a badass yeah, badass super spy who just, you know, blew up a freaking floating headquarters and saved a whole bunch of women. It's kind of cool. Can I just yeah. say though, when they revealed finally who the big bad was, I mean, I knew Ray Winstone was in the cast. We already saw a bit of him at the beginning. But by the time we got to him at the end and we saw what he looked like and the way he was acting and posturing and and I was like, holy crap. That's that's I know who that is. Name, him. Name it. That's that's fucking Harvey Weinstein. Like seriously, what <laughs> exactly. the actual shit? Girls, right? Scumbag. Absolutely. That's why it hit like a ton of bricks when Natasha literally fucking says to his face, you know, when was the last time you talked to somebody who wasn't afraid of you? I was like, Jesus Christ. And it's like, that's exactly what the whole power plays, you know, that kind of person would get up to. And the effects of that on his victims, you know, Mm -hmm. big and small, I imagine that I would not be able to even comprehend the pain that those people had gone through at his at his whims. Uh, yes, I'm glad you sympathize. <laughs> Thank you. I, that's the, I guess that's the effect that they really wanted. So okay, it's a it's 
first reason why this made me ugly cry, I guess, was not just seeing Natasha and Yelena kick ass and just take the lead, but it was also a story of women finally being free from years and years of abuse because you do get a glimpse of their childhood and how as young as six years old, like Yelena was, they're taken away from comforts of any family or even if they didn't have anyone at the time. This is not a great option. You know, like even if you have nothing, this is not a great option to have. And you're from a young age trained to be so cold-blooded and basically under the control of someone, especially in Yelena's batch or Yelena's era because it was also mentioned that Natasha was able to get away with it easier because she they didn't have that certain kind of mind control yet right, during right. her time. <clears throat> right. And for Yelena... It was literally science into it, like mind control, you know, how you can't move on your own on your own free will. So these women really, really were made through gone through really terrible conditions. And I also need to share this tidbit of Florence Pugh. This was this joke was improv, by the way. There's this part where Alexi was like, Well, why why are you so crabby? Would you, are you on your is it that time of the month? And <laughs> it's such a sexist joke, right? It really so is. Oh my god. And that the, did you know that Florence Pugh or Yelena explaining that they were that they had no reproductive organs? Yes, exactly. That their um, reproductive system was taken out of them upon graduation. That was improv. What? No way. That wow. was improv from Florence Pugh. What the actual good. shit? So it's like that that running joke was, oh, you want to joke about my fucking period? Let me tell you how fucking brutal it is. Only, yeah, in Yelena's case, they took out my my ovaries. My We're not even, we didn't <laughs> even get to the fallopian tube. I did not know that was I'm not improv. Even, that's, that's, Even that kind of abuse <clears throat> they went through. I'm not yes, gonna lie. I I actually thought that I I, huh? That reframes everything I thought because when I was watching that, I thought I'm like, why are they joking about this? Honestly, <laughs> I was like, this is kind of cringe. Who the fuck wrote this? But no. now that you're telling me that she took ownership of it and, you know, she was throwing it right back at his stupid sexist remark, that puts a lot of things into perspective. Yeah, because it's something women hear all the time. And you know how you just want to, like, shove it in your face. It's uh, shove it in their face like, hey, <laughs> this is not easy. Okay. <laughs> you, right. you don't, you don't, you don't understand what I, uh, what, what I go through. So, uh, knowing that it's improv or not, I feel like it really worked because it's like, ha ha. You see how disgusted <laughs> David Harbour was after that? Yes, like, okay. he was. Okay, okay. I'm a back out. So you Damn. shut the fuck up about my uterus. I quote Rachel, no uterus, no opinion. <laughs> Incredible. But okay. yeah, um, you you do go through, uh, going back, I'm sorry, going back to the whole widow program. It is, it is the product of such disgusting power play from a scumbag like Drake, scumbag like Drakov. Because mm-hmm. you'd think that, oh, this is a girl power thing. I'm getting all these women to like right. fight. Yeah, it is, it is badass at one angle. But uh, to subject them to that level of abuse and not giving them their freedom to actually make their own decisions, that is... Straight up gross. That is bleh, bleh. so, you know, that's how the whole dynamic of the Red Room worked, I guess. And that's why it needed to be taken down. Which brings us, I think, to another point of contention for a lot of people, which was uh, Drakoff's main hitman, his main Da-da-da-da. henchman, Taskmaster. 
In the comic books, the Taskmaster is a guy who watches and sees what you're doing. He can match you move for move. He only has to watch you once. So he's one of the deadliest fighters in the Marvel Universe. He's generally portrayed as a mercenary. But here, um, Taskmaster is fully under the control of the Red Room. Well, What did you guys think? Okay, the thing thing is, um, I I felt like the Taskmaster's use was more for the plot more than anything. Uh, because that the reveal was that okay, we all remember remember that Natasha supposedly had a lot of red in her ledger, as she mentioned in in the first Avengers movie, right? And you know, and she even mentioned mm-hmm. that when she was told Hawkeye that it reminded her of events in Budapest. In this movie, we find out what that event was. Uh, apparently, <clears throat> she kills um, an innocent girl, mm-hmm. the daughter of Draco, to try and eliminate him, Draco himself. That was her. That was the red on her ledger. Right. It's. Interesting that in this movie we actually find out that she is not dead. It's been revealed that she was somehow mm-hmm. used by her father, which is you know like as a as a father myself, it's just unspeakable. I, I can't imagine doing that. You know, I, I, I feel like the Taskmaster was really used for a plot, not you know. It kind of like bothered me that he he was just a henchman. He, uh, I, I, she, <laughs> sorry, she. Big reveal. She, Big reveal. Boom. Yeah. I, I didn't appreciate the fact that she was a henchman without a mind of her own. Because in the comic books, as Misha mentioned, she was she was a mercenary. The one the taskmaster in the comic books is a mercenary, had a mind of his own, and sometimes would even plot against the Avengers. But this time we had somebody who was being controlled, not having enough free will. Quite honestly, it was pretty weak in my opinion that Taskmaster wasn't given character of his own. Her own. I disagree. If it serves the plot, why not, I guess. No, no, no. I I disagree that it was weak, uh, the use of Taskmaster. Because I understand like what you're saying about twists for the sake of twists, right? But I think this one was handled a million, million times better than the Mandarin reveal. Oh, oh, definitely. Where (laughs) it was just some… Unemployed British actor rather than the Tony Leung version we're going to get in Shang-Chi later in the year, right? It was handled infinitely better than that. But uh, I think because, I think this one struck more of a chord because like, you know, the ultimate expression of this guy's douchebaggery of using young women to forward his own ends came in the form of his own daughter. It just showed you how low this rat fuck mm-hmm. actually was. Yep. And… and uh, Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, and the fact that he gave Taskmaster male armor. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) That's another thing. Yep. (laughs) With bad CG. (laughs) Really bad CG. (laughs) With Olga Korlienko's um, her floating head above the armor. Oh my god! That was horribly Taskmaster (laughs) bobblehead. That was horribly done. (laughs) Wait, wait. I want to hear this. Like some people. Okay, cue the toxic fanboys. Saying that, oh, why is he a girl? But yeah, it, I expect a toxic fanboy. Yeah, I mean that I have no issue with. Like I'm not that attached to Taskmaster anyway in the first place, so I'm totally good with them changing the gender up. But could you imagine the toxic fanboys if from the start the armor was female already? Besides that big reveal. Uh, yeah. Okay. I get the point with the the whole armor thing now. Yeah. Uh, but here, here's I mean, here's a possible explanation. You know Drakov as this abusive man, and he just like just treats women like dirt. And it would make sense if he wants his super soldier to seem like a man. It's like, look at this superior one over all of the widows I've trained. Like this is makes... the best one. So I will present 
this as male. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the type of people who would have wanted a son instead of a daughter in the first place. This makes disgusting sense. Right? Yes. So can, I, just, can, can, I just, can I just clarify? When I said weak earlier, it was I meant that, you know, they could have used Taskmaster more. I, I get it. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, just, I just want to clarify that because some, some <laughs> listeners might not. So there, you know, I, I have no issues. Mail from I, the I, I don't, I don't have issues with you know the the, the switcheroo. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't mind. I, it's just that I wish there was more Taskmaster in it. I, you know, I wish. That, yeah, Taskmaster yeah, okay, was kind of a I badass in the few fights that she had. Oh, yeah, so scary. So, so, yep, you know, she she was so intimidating. Even even like when David when Red Guardian was fought her, he knew what he what that he, what he was up against. So he was like, "Damn it!" Right? <laughs> yeah, and like given all the fight scenes that you see with Taskmaster, the car chase, car slash motorcycle chase with um, Natasha and Yelena, that was pretty fucking scary. It felt yep. like Fast and Furious at some point, only leveled up. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, with bows and arrows and yep, shield throwing. Yup, and um, just the fact that when Taskmaster and Natasha were hand to hand, they were like complete equals that's isn't it scary to go against yourself in a way mirroring Mm -hmm. all your moves Mm -hmm. and you can't think of any way to like one up the person because like this is you essentially that's freaking scary and And she knows my style (laughs) and all your friend styles And Harry says, never mind. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, keep that. <laughs> sorry, you obviously see my sorry. priorities. But, <laughs> oh my God. But, yeah. That came out of the blue. Huh? Imagine if Harry Styles was Taskmaster. He'd just be giggling the whole time. <laughs> he, has well, he, he has style. Well, you knew, you, you knew that you, you knew that you wouldn't be able to stop him if he was going one direction. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I regret making that joke. <laughs> okay. But seriously, Taskmaster was a, a very scary, not the main villain, but at least she she had her moments of like making Natasha cringe in fear you 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 know that it really brought out some really good acting moments from Scarlett Johansson let me get mm-hmm. to that part where she is eventually Taskmaster finds herself in the, the jail cell and uh, the whole thing's going down it's exploding and mm-hmm. Natasha makes the decision to set her free regardless of how Jesus she Christ. knows Taskmaster will kick her fucking ass if she lets her go the sheer mixture of fear remorse and urgency, all those many different emotions, recalling her trauma, it was all in Scarlett Johansson's face. Naging montage mo kanya. Oh, oh, grabe, <laughs> grabe, all oh, the range of emotions in those few seconds really brought that out diba? of Scarlett Johansson, and I feel that Taskmaster was that scary to merit that reaction. I'm not gonna lie, if I was in that situation and this person who nearly murdered me was behind glass. And this whole place is about to explode. I'm not gonna open that door. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, bye, bitch. <laughs> You're like, oh, hell no. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I'm not, uh, like I said, I'm not that attached to Taskmaster in the first place, but a very intimidating villain. But who knows? We'll see. We might see more of her. And I like that take that you had. You know, I, I really, I, that really made me stop and think, like, yeah, why the hell is she presenting as a male? Like, holy shit, that guy's an asshole, basically. Yep, it- 
it it yeah. even makes him it even makes him more disgusting and the fact okay, and that he also had these like pheromone that, re- pheromone, te- that pheromone technology gross. Oh, women can't but, hurt but, yes, but, you, so know, you, gotta, you know you got to you know now him. that you now after that ex- explanation i can respect the, the the creative decision on the writing of taskmaster now and the use of the character yeah. mm-hmm. it makes you hate the vi- the main villain so oh, yeah. much more fuck it yeah. You know, actually, he's n- the main villain in this movie, Dracov, isn't quite as weak as, you know, you know how most superheroes have weak villains with the exception of a few like Thanos, Loki, and Killmonger? Killmonger. Uh, Ooh, and the purple yeah. from Jessica Jones. That and, was fucked up. Okay, so I think I think it's safe to say that Black Widow is one of the best, one of the better villains written. Better written villains just, in, in Dracov. He's just so disgusting. The, the, from the guy is diabolical. He it's just, is. You know, <laughs> and his douchey glasses. That doesn't. <laughs> and, the, no, and the like three nice days glasses, of but... three days of stubble with the ill-fitting suit. I'm like, are you attending the red carpet of Shakespearean love? Oh shit! Like, <laughs> god damn! What the shit? <laughs> uh, yeah, and it also kind of helps that Ray Winston did a good job of playing. You know, even that lazy troll of overconfidence. Uh, and that, down that surprised me that he committed fully into the whole douchebaggery of it. Honestly. Yeah. Yep. He was. Effective. I was like, this he is not. Good flattering at all to him mm-hmm. yeah and but, you just want to punch the guy's face but if you're a woman you can't because like this ugh, annoying kind of technology you, if, if you're a widow you'd have to break your nose first so you technically can't have to punch your face first before you get to punch him oh Absolutely. i love i love <laughs> i love natasha's line of like oh you didn't hit me hard enough so bam <laughs> Oh I know, my no, God. And the line was the line was um, you were not strong enough. Oh, bastayon, yes. I have to do it myself. <laughs> bastayon, oh, it, it takes. I'm not saying everything. It takes a woman to do the job. Exactly, and you <laughs> know, you know, this technology is also quite important because even though this taskmaster is his daughter, can you imagine how hellish it would have been to grow up under your father like that? that I true. would still punch his fucking face with a. Fucking can, USB port can, in the back can, of your can neck. I, can you say something about that confrontation she had with? You really uh, don't need um, permission. Dracov. Um, okay. Uh, I really like that whole time she was talking to Dracov, and then it kind of like calls back to the, the first Avengers movie when we actually see more of Black Widow in action doing her thing because it actually shows you how smart and how resourceful she is and how manipulative she can be because she was leading Dracov on to, you know. To kind of have that super villain monologue about my plans and what I can do when Who's I talking have like it, when she was face to face with Loki. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right, and then right. At the end, she of just it. goes, "Thank you for your service. I know what I know. I now know what you're up to and how to beat you." Exactly. Like that was one of the best parts of the movie. That's why I'm saying this is like the perfect send off for the character. Mm-hmm. Can Can I just say though, um, while we're talking about the Avengers and Loki, do you remember when she was like face to face with him in his jail cell, which was also made of some kind of plexiglass, whatever. Look, and yes. at some point, my jaw was on the floor that Joss Whedon fucking got away with it, where he literally calls her to her face a mewling quim. I'm like, you can't use that fucking word. You cannot use that word. But they got away with it because most people don't know that quim is basically, you know, vagina. Not basically. It is vagina. He called her a fucking cunt, basically. And Joss Whedon got away with it. Vagina? Quim. Is that, he, is that Shakespearean for vagina? or No, it's a word, goddammit. <laughs> what? I did not know I, that meant vagina. I think one exactly. part of it is we I didn't know what it meant. Exactly. <laughs> but the point is yeah, that, that this character has been treated in such a reductive way with regards to mm-hmm. her gender since she was introduced. That yeah, it's totally. really 
incredible how they flipped the script on this one. I love that, that. she's taking control, literally, figuratively, behind the scenes, in front of the camera. That she's going out on her own terms. And I love that. I absolutely do. You know, 10 years ago, Tom Middleton was calling you a vagina. Jesus Christ. That's quite a jump. Now you're beating the shit out of Harvey Weinstein. I feel and combat like... boots and braids. <laughs> love it. And it's not just Scarlett Johansson closing the chapters of her book, Her Way. It's also opening it up to an amazing person worthy of the Black Widow name, Let's get to Florence Pugh. That's true. She, oh, scene stealer. She is she, my favorite part She's of the this best movie. character in this movie. Yes. She is Surprisingly such enough. a worthy successor. That's Breath what I felt. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, yes. A thousand Absolutely. times, yes. Uh, like, every scene she's in, you can't help but gravitate your attention towards her. Like, I know this movie is about the character of Natasha Romanov, but come on, Florence Pugh, Yelena Belova, she made the movie. That's just my opinion. I'm, no, this is all our opinions, basically. But um, <laughs> what I was going to say was that she had me when she was questioning her big sister's stupid hair flips and poses in the middle of fights. <laughs> I was yeah, like, I holy that. That, shit. <laughs> I like the fact that she was kind of like, will you do this thing where you, you crouch down and flip your hair like this? And you stick your arm out. <laughs> you stick your arm out. <laughs> Every and then the best fight. part was when she actually was when she actually gets into the post and she's cringes like oh disgusting I can't stand it <laughs> oh my god that the funny so thing funny. is like at some point every single one of them the mom the sisters they all do that pose at some yep, point or other in this movie do. and like is that part of the red room training or you know you gotta do a hair flip and stick your arm out or maybe it was well, apparently like not family training <laughs> <laughs> apparently not because Yelena was not into it and it's hilarious how she points it out. And it does make sense. Like, yeah, it, it's it's like a jab or a joke at all these silly superhero movies on making them look cool and whatnot. But mm-hmm. it's just how Marvel is. They're they're aware of these things and they make jokes out of it. They take it lightly. So it's like, yeah, that's just the way it is. And it's hilarious. And one more thing I love about Florence Pugh, besides obviously how she kicks butt in this, how she's the funny sister and like, you know, pointing everything out. And I also like her small sentiment of how, yeah, you're the one, you're the Avenger, you're the cool sister, you're the one with the face in the magazine and everything. Meanwhile, a lot of us widows are just like treated like shit like this. We're glad, but good for you, you got out. But it's like there's this angst somehow. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. It, it's Her given with, yeah, and but but this just adds on to the family dynamic, making it even more charming that. Yes, they do essentially have these big differences, but they'll still be there for each other in the very end. You know, she's like, oh, I'm going to make fun of all of all of what you are. But yeah, I still love you. Fine. <laughs> but I'm going to. Yeah. Oh, you're so stupid. They hate you. Very sister dynamic, which is adorable. It was. And if, you've, if you've seen them behind the scenes, their interviews, it's literally like they're sisters. It's so adorable how they've actually bonded throughout mm-hmm. this process. The, the, it's like, the four, holy the shit, four they of are them sisters. actually, even if you look at their social feeds and how they would post for Instagram posts, it was just funny. It just looked like they were, you know, family it, it's so the, the dynamic is there the chemistry is amazing yeah the chemistry is also so genuine and one more thing i love that she is going to be the black widow successor with all of these under her belt like with scarlet leaving things the way they are mm-hmm. she doesn't need that she doesn't obviously she doesn't have scar joe's voluptuous figure which i'm probably sure she was definitely casted for at the start cuz like but oh cuz she's I like about Because she's eye candy and everything. But 
they Florence Pugh did not need that anymore because of how how far the franchise has grown. Like, oh, we don't need that anymore. We won't subject our female characters to being eye candy like we started with ScarJo. Because like Florence Pugh can just continue on the series in her own terms. I don't have to be like a a 35 what's the ideal measurement I don't fucking care anymore but you know she's not that kind of conventional hourglass figure like ScarJo was and she doesn't have to be because she's got the acting chops she's got the charm she can obviously kick butt so head on just go on Florence Pugh you have everybody's blessing I cannot wait to see her taking over this role actually Mm-hmm. Speaking of her kicking butt, it, I, I like the fact that in every fight that she's in, she looks like she's having a hard time because it's just so realistic. Because fighting is hard. And Scarlett Johansson just make just makes it look so effortless every time she fights. Maybe well, except, she... except when she fights, fight, fought the Taskmaster. Well, to be honest, it's like it's funny how back in the Avengers, everybody has their superpowers and their super machinery. Meanwhile, ScarJo is just like <laughs> fighting aliens with her bare hands. Her superpowers that... punching. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, even 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 Hawkeye had his his bows and arrows, but you could see cut to Scarlett Johansson panting, trying to wrestle the aliens one by one. <laughs> so I oh, know yeah. it's a hard job, you you guys. It's kind of cool because you get to see how good the Black Widow is because she can keep up with all these guys with their equipment and superpowers. Like, exactly, you know. It's just, just funny how, remember, in, in, in Endgame, they chose the two humans to go into an alien world to get the stone as, as opposed to people with high-tech gear, you know? They, they, she didn't get paired up with another super-powered being or somebody with high-tech gear. It was just two human beings getting the stone. So that, was, yeah, that's that just, just goes to show <coughs> you how much skill and faith these guys have in their skills. Yeah, and, and Natasha has definitely has the heart. On many occasions, she's brought all the Avengers together, mm-hmm. worked super yeah. hard to like try to get them back from the flip and uh, from the flip from the hair flip, the hair flip, the hair flip from the snap. The there you go from the snap. <laughs> from the snap, and you know, you also see the consistency of Scarlet's character here in like how she would sacrifice everything for the people she loved. That's amazingly consistent because that that was actually the fact that made me cry even more because of that consistency of how much she would sacrifice for the people she loves. And it translates to the real life. Scarlett Johansson must have gone through a lot of shit starting off this the series with all the sexism and all the difficulties and all the putting aside they put her through. And now she's given this moment to shine and open the doors for so many more events and adventures in the MCU, especially for the female characters. This that that was what made me ugly cry the most. And this coming from a character who doesn't have superpowers, a big weapon, and has to take an ibuprofen after every battle. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I could have said that any better. I want to watch Anjo try. <laughs> Before we wrap up. Because <laughs> you know, okay, that was fucking I'm, brilliant. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to, uh, to outdo that. But I am going to say this though. Uh, for all those people who said that they did, they did Black Widow dirty in Endgame by just killing her off. And then all the other Avengers... Who said who said goodbye had their own happy endings to, to, you know had their own happy endings or send-offs in that movie well 
Black Widow actually has the best send-off. She actually got a solo movie as a send-off, which is yeah. perfect. On her own terms. On her own terms in braids and in combat boots. Yes! With family. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. With so, family, which is better. That just leaves us with the rest of the year. We got Shang-Chi coming up. We got another… We got the Eternals. So excited we have for Shang-Chi. Doctor Strange 2. Next year, we got Spider-Man. Or is that Spider-Man this year and Doctor Strange next year? Whatever. Strange first. Spider-Man's next year. Right. There we go. But all in all, a very satisfying, fun, explosive entry in the MCU with Black Widow. And a fantastic send-off with some very relevant things to say about… Surprisingly, about the world that we live in. Which is not something you expect. From a mainstream superhero flick. So I think… Would it be safe to say that you guys would recommend this movie? Yes, I would. With it's full the MCU. Vodka. Duh. <laughs> it's the MCU. How would you not recommend an MCU movie? I don't know. I, I saw I Thor 2. Ugh. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that. <Well>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just… I'm just Thor say... I thought Iron Man 3. <laughs> uh. But yeah, but this might not be the best Marvel film out there. There are, of course, a, a whole plethora of much better technically. Because yeah, we did mention that some CGI was spotty in the first place. And maybe some plot holes. Yeah, but for me personally, and I'm sure other women have these sentiments too. But that it's just so incredibly satisfying how this all turned out. To see you well represented, not just through a woman directing it and leading the series but even through the smallest choices the smallest lines everything just makes you feel so empowered and it, you know it's a fun ride for the guys too <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe you should really check this movie out it's just a lot of fun you don't need to nitpick just take it as it is and have fun with the movie and just Damn fall straight. in love with Natasha all over again really no sorry Yelena Yelena I'm just, I'm just, just, I'm just saying that for the, you're just gonna love and appreciate the hard work Scarlett Johansson has put into this character for the past ten years. And with that, I think it's safe to call it an episode. Thank you, everyone who tuned in to hear our thoughts on the Marvel Cinematic Universe's Black Widow. Did you think that it was a worthy swan song for Natasha Romanoff and Scarlett Johansson's run in the MCU? Let us know in the comments. Follow us on Instagram, sub underscore or tours. Follow us, join our group on Facebook, sub or tours. We like movies and watch out for future episodes. Let us know, reach out to us what you want us to talk about, what you want us to watch, or just what you want us to discuss. Until then, we are the sub tours. We like movies. I am Misha. I'm MJ. <laughs> just, I gave you a background song. <laughs> I know, I know. I appreciate it. I love that. how you just powered through it. <laughs> Professional. I thought, if I stop to laugh, Misha, I'd have to start again. <laughs> I thought Misha would laugh. I really thought Misha would God laugh. Good job, Misha. If I stopped to laugh, I would have to start again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Well, and that was Angel, Angel also on backup vocals. Oh, yes. Sorry. <laughs> on he tried to harmonize. What is wrong with you people? Effort. It, it was like Hawkeye. It was like Hawkeye and Black Widow trying to. That's team why up I couldn't look yeah. at you fuckers on the screen. I'm like, don't look, don't look, just don't look. <laughs> well, we released the ass. You assholes. Okay, that's an episode. How do you say goodbye in Russian? Das bedanja. Das bedanja. Das bedanja. Das bedanja, everyone.